Hi everyone welcome to another episode of my podcast uh, we have very special guest today joining all the way from Australia we got Donna D of the Babes joining the podcast hi Donna hi <laughs> thank you for having me so how are you doing i'm very well thank you how are you i'm good i just had a nap actually before this so i'm pretty good <laughs> <laughs> napping is one of my favorite things to do as well <laughs> So so Donna you you're coming from Adelaide right so tell us how how's Adelaide these days Uh Adelaide is good um we've actually just recently come out of a lockdown um obviously with covid mm. um so that was actually like our first hard lockdown so you know we were only allowed to go out for groceries and and just like the bare essentials so that was a bit weird um and I I don't know I think there's still some cases around at the moment but um fingers crossed it's kind of under control so yeah it, I mean the the positive of it is that it's really cold here at the moment so you know it's not like we're missing out on nice summer nights being out in town or anything like that so that's that's the plus of it but yeah it's been a bit weird how about where you guys are Yeah so we are we are kind of in a lockdown still and i think we are going back to more restrictive uh, i don't know i mean from last year onwards we are still in <laughs> we are you know up and down up and down just uh, uh, it's hard to even explain what's happening <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's weird when you're forced into that situation how much you miss the little things that you know i mean we never thought this was going to happen did we and unfortunately we're living in a time where it's a possibility that we can be stuck inside for so long but i suppose at least we have you know music and and netflix <laughs> <laughs> right right so uh when did you, when did you last perform the live oh my gosh okay so we had our last performance it was in japan actually um So we were really lucky. We actually got to play in Osaka. So that was the last stop of our last tour in Japan. And um we played at the Hard Rock Cafe over there. Um and that was one of my favorite gigs because it was the last of the tour leg that we had and um basically it was I got to I had my wireless set up so I got to go around and um play guitar next to people eating their dinner <laughs> and so while they were eating I was you know dancing around and sort of getting probably annoying them but I think they liked it um <laughs> it was it was a really really long time ago it feels like now um so that would have been in uh 2020 so like early 2020 so yeah over a year ago now Yeah I actually saw that you guys posted the clip of your running from the rising sun which was shot shot in Japan for the like because the because of the olympics right you just yeah. posted it. <laughs> That's it because now that we're at home watching the olympic games it's making us miss Japan so much because it's just such a beautiful place and it's got such an amazing culture and the people over there are just the nicest people ever um So yeah, Moni actually made that clip and she always does such a fantastic job of just bringing together all of our favorite little memories. So obviously it's got some live footage and um you know it's it's not necessarily just the band stuff, you know, you get to see a little bit of where we got to visit and who we got to meet and all those kinds of things and there's always some silly stuff in there as well, you know, us just being goofy because that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i remember that uh, moni actually speaks japanese do you speak japanese as well oh yeah so i well i also studied japanese at school um and so i did it all the way through high school um and at that point i was you know definitely more fluent than what i am now i feel like my brain has just started losing started losing um knowledge as the years have progressed so when we when we've gone to speak japanese i can sort of remember you know the very very basic stuff um but yeah <laughs> when it comes to linking together more comprehensive phrases i i tend to stuff up so um yeah i'd love to sort of brush up on my skills again and maybe try to not suck at Japanese as much as I feel like I currently do but um it's really nice like 
over there, every now and then we're in our live set, we have a bit of a switch. So JD and I switch positions. So I get to talk over the microphone. Um, right. And when we're, at, when we're at those shows, I sort of had my little, um, little phrases that I could remember. And it was just so nice to see how excited they were that, you know, we could speak that tiny little bit. So I'd imagine if we learned a bit more, Moni's very good, but I, I definitely have to catch up to her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I know that all the artists that goes to Japan, they they're so surprised the the fans, especially the rock fans, like they're so loyal and they they're so disciplined as well, and they have their own sort of culture, right? Out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They're just so um so passionate and enthusiastic about music and about being part of the experience. So it's right. not one side you know they're 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 what they want to be involved in the show so you know when they come they sing and they join in even if they've never heard some other songs before you know they're despite the language barrier they're still jumping in and singing the choruses and um you know buying all the merch and and they're just the nicest people like I, I it's really funny as well because like I didn't know what to expect going over to Japan um you know I'd always like obviously learned about it in school and then when we finally got to go over um, there's just such an amazing contrast. Like I'm, I'm really tall um, for a girl. So I'm like, I'm like 5'10", but when I wear high shoes, I'm like over six foot, I think. Right. <laughs> um, and so when we're over there, you know, a lot of them are like, oh, <laughs> you're so big. <laughs> um, but they're so polite as well. <laughs> um, so it was really nice, you know, like we'd be playing shows and, um, you know, as I said, they'd buy our merch and stuff. And then even just coming and chatting to us after the show and, um you know wanting to get photos together and things like that so I just want to like you know we've been there twice and every time that we've been there we've met such beautiful people and they're people that we are thanks to technology we're able to stay connected to as well so fingers crossed we'll be going back there soon um you know once hopefully the borders are less restrictive and we're actually able to do that but um yeah that like as you say I think almost every artist that goes over to Japan has such a surreal experience um and it is something that's really special. Like, I think they're very uninhibited. Like, they're not worried about what they look like, you know, if they're completely yelling and screaming along with the music. They don't really care if people are judging that. And I think that's something that we should all try to achieve wherever we are in the world, you know. It used to be like that. But I think now people are a little bit more reserved, so. Mm. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people think about what other people say, right, or other people think about them, which is. Exactly, exactly. So don't worry about it. Just have fun. <laughs> yeah. So do, do, do you guys establish already the rock and roll gang chapter in Japan? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Like we even have, um, we've got a couple of amazing friends and fans over in Japan that actually, um, they came over, like we met them in Adelaide. They came over when we were supporting Ace Freely. Um, right. And we were like, oh my God, like, what do you mean? Like, and then, you know, they came up and they knew our songs. And um, and then ever since then, you know, we've gone and played over in Japan and they come to all of our shows and they wear our merch everywhere. And it's just, it's incredible. So we're really lucky, you know, in the sense that we've supported some really amazing bands over in Japan as well. Um, and, you know, being the support act sometimes, you know, you don't know what to expect because you know that people are there for the main act as well. Um, but, yeah, we sort of just the numbers of people that are following and supporting what we do um, just continue to grow as we tour. So it's really exciting. And I, I'm, you know, I'm sort of looking forward to seeing what will happen the next time that we go back. Like fingers crossed, we'll be lucky enough to have um, the same people coming back and possibly like they might have some friends that they bring along and yeah. So we'll see how we go. Right. Yeah. I think uh, when I first like uh, discovered the, the babes, I, if I didn't, if I didn't know that you you were from Australia, but I would I would have thought that you guys are actually like a US band, right? Like, okay, yeah, yeah. because yeah. you have that you you preserve that sort of uh, image and even the songs, the all your themes <laughs> yeah. and concepts is like basically just the American band, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We, I, you know, I think we absolutely love American culture as well, so. Um, you know, when we went over to the States and we toured over there, it was just like a dream come true. Um, there's just something, I don't know, I suppose like growing up, you know, a lot of the movies and a lot of the imagery that we were seeing obviously came from America. Um, 
And to us, like, I don't know, Americana and rock and roll, they just like marry together so beautifully. Um, yeah. You know, so the idea of like, I mean, the cool thing is like, obviously there are other countries that have that same sort of scene, um, but you know, just that dive bar vibe, there's something, you know, the idea of jumping on a bike, um, you know, riding yeah. a motorbike and getting into a bar and just having a drink and playing music on the jukebox and playing pool. <laughs> it's like, it sort of resonates obviously as American. Um, so, you know, I suppose there's like, that's in our hearts. So we try to capture a little bit of that vibe and, and bring it everywhere we go. Um, and, you know, and that was the coolest thing is obviously when we went over to America, we were like, oh my God, it's real. <laughs> it's here. We can't really see it in person. Um, so, yeah, but obviously, you know, we're very, um, very proud, obviously, to be Australian as well. There's some really nice Australian cultural elements that we've experienced as we've grown up, but um, there's just something so cool about America. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Uh, so, Donna, tell me a little bit about your childhood and uh, what's, what's your first sort of first memory of music? Okay, so mine, um, mine's a little bit different uh, in the sense, obviously, like, so I'm in the band with Moni, who's my older sister, and then also Corey, who's our younger brother. So obviously, it was the three of us kids growing up. So we have been pretty much attached at the hip since we were really young. We're really, really close, which I absolutely love. Um, probably my earliest memories of music were actually sort of related to dance. So I'm actually a dancer. Um, and I run a dance school here in Adelaide and yeah so I've, I've always loved music it's, it's you know it's one of those things that as soon as I'm pretty much the first person on the dance floor um, no matter what sort of music it is right. and and like my my dad was a drummer so when we were growing up mum and dad were really awesome and encouraging and they just basically said you know as you get older any instrument you want to play will let you choose your instrument you guys can go and have lessons and things like that but I think obviously my memory is probably a bit hazy but I think yeah probably my earliest memories are being in the living room with my sister and watching like video hits which was like kind of like MTV right. and um yeah just dancing and bopping along and then obviously as the years progressed you know Moni was playing the drums um uh my mum and dad let me play guitar which was really really cool um, and yeah, you know, we started off jamming and it was very, uh, how do I put this? It was just about having fun. So we tried to make songs, but they, they always turned out to be silly. Um, and then, yeah, that, I mean, that's the earliest memory that I have of music and music's been pretty much part of our lives ever since that point. And it's intensified as the years have gone on. So, you know. I never in my wildest dreams thought that I'd be talking to someone like you about our band. Like, it's really, really cool. You know, it's like we've had all of these mind-blowing experiences connected to music, and I'm really, really thankful for that. Right, right. Um, so uh, do you remember the bands or the artists that you listened back then? Like when... Oh, the definitely, definitely. So um, I really love Motown music. Um, so I like some of my favorite bands are like, um, like, so I like, like the temptations. I like Sam Cooke. <laughs> um, so yeah, like there's sort of, I, I like a lot of pretty much it marries together the idea of like heaps of harmonies. So I really like, you know, the barbershop kind of idea of like mm. quartets and things like that. But I really also loved the fact that they danced together. Um, so, you know, it was like the choreography, the music at the same time. And then as I got older, you know, I, my mom and dad named me after. Um, so Richie Valens has a song called Donna. Um, right. And it was from the movie La Bamba. So, um, you know, that's when I sort of like learned about, oh, wow, you know, there, there's other music. There's um, like cultural music, I guess, in a sense, you know, because La Bamba is obviously um, not in English. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, I've always loved Elvis. Um, and then as soon as I discovered, like, glam rock with my sister, I was like, oh, my God, this is the <laughs> best. Um, <laughs> um, but I definitely have to acknowledge that there, there was a boy band phase in there for me. Um, <laughs> so everybody loved Backstreet Boys. 
Um, I actually loved a band from the UK called Five. And um, yeah, so that was like one of my first concerts. And I was convinced that they saw me in the crowd and fell in love with me, all of those kinds of things. So um, yeah, so it's been really eclectic. I suppose that's the best way to describe it. It's just like pretty much any type of music. I'm excited to listen to it. And, um, you know, it's kind of evolved over time. Like if I had to say what my favourite style of music is now, surprisingly, like I really like a lot of blues. Um, and I think that sort of stems from us being over in the States and hearing all these amazing musicians over there. Um, right. Even like some countries sort of creeping in as well. So, yeah, it's just that's the cool thing about music because I think it's constantly changing and your taste evolves over time as well. Yeah, even for me, I actually have pictures of my, I, I think it's like mid 90s. I had a, in, I have pictures of my bedroom and I used to yeah. have like Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, so good. yeah, I, I also know about Five because they, they came from, there were a lot of British bands like E17, Five. PJ yeah. and Duncan and all this. I used to buy the magazines, the smash hits, and I, I used to have a lot of them before. My whole room Amazing. was filled. <laughs> yeah. Get all their posters up. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'm still proud of that because, you know, uh, for me, that I, I, I really fell in love with music when I was like four or five. I remember like I getting one tape, and then from that, my dad gave me a tape, and then from that, I was just like, I was listening to everything, like, you know, metal, rock and anything, hip hop and everything. And I was always a collector and uh, I always chase. If, if I knew somebody had a, this album, I will go, go go to his house, like, you know, go to that yeah. person's house. Like, because back then there was no internet, right? So if you 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 talk to people and you exchange tapes and that's how how, how we did it before. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a good phase. Uh, yeah and it sounds like you've got sort of similar to similar to us you know you've got like very eclectic taste obviously it's probably changed over time but yeah I feel it makes me feel less like cheesy the fact that you like that sort of stuff as well it's good <laughs> yeah it's it's a good part of uh, I think it's a big part of uh, who we are what we listen to in these different uh, you know when we were different ages right because absolutely it, it just builds up but to what, to what you said about the American, because the American like blues bands, country bands, but I've been, I've been talking to a lot of these artists from America, which who are not very famous, but they're like, uh, you know, day-to-day -day musicians where they play gigs, they, they play in bars. And there's a whole industry that what we don't see in the media, which is media is just focused on a couple of bands who are like famous. There's a whole different industry, which is like the day-to-day -day musicians that just do gigs, you know, they they play in yeah. clubs and that's a whole different, I'm so amazed that there are so many talented artists, but we never get to hear hear about them, right? <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's very true. You know, there is obviously, the good thing now, I suppose, is that we have a little bit of autonomy in terms of having social media where we can share our craft and share our taste and things like that. But it would be nice if, yeah, if the mainstream kind of got behind the little guy because <laughs> all of those big bands had to start somewhere. Um, right. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. And that's why I think as well um, it's surreal that, you know, I mean, it's a bit of a hustle. Like my sister, I, I like look at her and I look at the rest of the guys in the band and I'm just so proud of all of them. And I'm really proud of what we've been able to achieve because we're just, you know, a group of you know we're not kids anymore unfortunately we're getting older <laughs> but we're a group of people that have a shared passion and we've been able to have some really amazing opportunities some really like incredible performance opportunities all around the world um but yeah obviously if there was you know I suppose if there was something like MTV like old school MTV where maybe they're pushing new artists it would make mm. it a lot easier you know um and yeah, I suppose as well, it becomes a little bit tricky now that, you know, things like Facebook and, um, you know, even I suppose Instagram, but there's like a little bit of that like monetizing going on, obviously, where they're trying to push for like money. But back mm. in the day, obviously, it was good because it was a free platform where we could all promote our stuff and not get limited. Um, so I guess it's trying to like find the happy medium, you know, sometimes you got to be lucky and 
um, have just the right person notice you at the right time. And then before you know it, you're boarding a plane going somewhere really special just because of the timing, you know? Um, But yeah, you know, it's, and like you say, it's crazy. There's, there's so much talent out there. You know, we were the, the, just in the times that we've traveled, we've gone out and we've seen people just working in these tiny little bars and the caliber of, you know, guitar playing and and vocals you're like oh my god how are you not you know massive already but they're just having you know they're doing what they love and that in itself is really really cool so yeah yeah so don't i want to ask when did you discover kiss oh so my dad used to be a drummer and i remember seeing a photo of him in a suit with kiss makeup with his bandmates and I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Right. And uh, to be fair, like, Moni definitely was also responsible for introducing me to Kiss. Um, you know, she, like, put it on and be like, you know, this is, like, I remember, because we actually used to share a bedroom in our childhood home, and she used to have all of her posters up. So I had all the pop stars, <laughs> and she <laughs> had Kiss. Um, and it was, yeah, like, I pretty much every night before I go to sleep, I'd just be staring at this image of Kiss. And I was like, God, they're cool. And then as I got older, I started listening to more and more of their stuff. And I was like, wow, this is just, there's a song for every mood. There's a right. song for every occasion, you know? And, and then I stumbled across these pants. This is when I was like probably maybe 18, 19. And there was this girl that was making pants out of merchandise. So like you could get a band top and she turned them into pants and they became they are literally my favorite stage pants of all time and it's just got right. faces of kids and I feel like when I put them on I'm like trying to channel like my inner ace or like you right. know try to be like kiss so yeah I like I just love the theatrics because I'm a dancer as well like I've always loved costuming I've loved like anything that's extra you know so like um ace with his smoking guitar I was like what you can do that. That's so cool. So I suppose we've always tried to emulate a little bit of that with our stage performance because, I mean, we, we're we hoping at the end of this year that Kiss is supposed to be coming back to Adelaide because they actually had to cancel. Yeah. So, like, it's like a life-changing experience seeing Kiss. Like, I've seen them, oh, I don't know if I've seen them once or twice now, but just because everything they do is just over the top. You know, Gene is like spitting blood everywhere. Um, <laughs> Paul smashing his guitar. And it's just like, it's such an experience. It's not just a concert. You walk out feeling like you've seen something that you will probably never get to see again. Right. So how is that like, you know, discovering Kiss and then later in the years, you you guys actually open for Ace Freely, right? So how is that experience? Oh. So when we, when we got offered that gig, I thought that was a joke. Like, I didn't think that it was real. I was like, yeah, right, as if. And then they're like, no, like, literally, we're, we're looking to book you guys. Would you be interested? So I was having a heart attack <laughs> leading up to that show just because it was sold out. Um, and it was, like, one of our biggest shows as well, like, you know, biggest support that we'd landed. And I knew that there were going to be so many people in the audience that played guitar. And I thought, oh, my God, I have to, like, try to nail this. You know, I don't want to stop up in front of all of these amazing guitarists as well. Um, and, yeah, it was just a dream come true. Like, I, I'm going to die happy simply because I got to put my feet in the same spot that I stood on a stage. Like, to me, that's like, um, thank you. I'm done. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, you know, I look back on that gig really fondly because yeah, I remember feeling so nervous and then, you know, I was just on such a high after we finished. It was just such a cool experience. Um, and yeah, you know, now I sort of like, it's weird, like listening to Kiss and, you know, even seeing Ace, you know, on whatever media, I'm like, oh my God, like, you know we've played the same show as him how cool is that and that goes for other people as well like Sebastian Bach and um you know LA Guns like it's just like we've been really really lucky and like all of those artists whenever I listen to them on my you know on Spotify now I'm like oh my god that's right we got to play with them that's really cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh 
tell me a little bit about uh, the forming of the babes the band so how how is that idea came up and how how did you guys came up with the band i want to hear your side of the story okay <laughs> well um so i started guitar really young so like not really young sorry i probably i picked up guitar at maybe like 11 and i was having lessons but i was also dancing and um doing competitive latin and ballroom um dancing as well so my parents were really supportive that was so nice they let us pretty much do any hobbies that we wanted um but i found because i was doing dancing it was sort of hindering my guitar practice i wasn't really doing as much as i would have liked so pretty much like after maybe the first two years of having the guitar um i said oh, i'm going to have a break from lessons and then I ended up landing a scholarship for dancing and that kind of went full steam ahead so pretty much i had a gap of guitar um i missed it a lot but i was obviously like busy with other things and then um money always said to me she's like oh you know we could be in a band together we could fully do it and i was like yeah yeah sure because i knew how talented she was and i hadn't picked up the guitar for a while so i was like oh, i don't know if we're going to be able to do it or like i don't know if i'm going to be able to do it um and do it justice for you you know you deserve the best because she's awesome and pretty much the catalyst for it was i uh, she probably told you the same story but basically we ended up going and seeing um the runaways movie with um obviously the story of like joan jet shri curry And we went and saw that and then we got in the car she was driving and she looked at me and she was just like we should just do it like we should do it Donna let's just make a band like let's do it and I was like yeah that's it but you know I was so revved after seeing the movie I was like yeah let's do it it's going to be amazing and then I said to her I'm like you know that like I'm rusty I haven't played for a really long time and she was just so patient and kind and she was like yeah that's fine like it'll be so much fun because it's us like doing it together and you know we're sisters obviously so like we can get on each other's nerves and it's not the end of the world um and then pretty much we went from seeing that movie we went out one weekend i think we actually went and saw a live show um like a gig and then we were at the bar and we looked at each other and we did like sounds really corny but we did like a proper like pinky promise that we were going to start a band and that's pretty much where it happened and then you know we had um we put out flyers because obviously we couldn't be like we didn't want to just do it the two of us we needed extra people in the band um and so yeah we put like a call out and we deliberately didn't show ourselves <laughs> only because number one sometimes people are a bit judgy like judgmental about like females like you know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing sometimes sometimes you get guys that are interested for the wrong reasons as well right um, so we ended up we put up like a generic picture um of i think it was Motley Crue and i think we also had Kiss on there and we're like do you like these bands and then we ended up getting guys coming and um having a bit of a jam with us and auditioning and stuff like that and then yeah like as the years progressed we obviously so we ended up being lucky enough to to land a lineup um and then over the years it sort of transitioned and changed um had different people in different positions in the band and now we're really lucky you know the four of us we gel and we're like obviously it's almost an entire family jd's like our adopted brother <laughs> he's forced <laughs> to be part of the family um but it's amazing you know we've been through a lot together and um you know having having our baby brother in the band as well is so much fun you know that was something completely unexpected because he you know he picked up the bass to join our band and um i'm so proud of what he's managed to achieve in such a short time as well so yeah but i'm pretty sure it's, it's probably it's probably not as exciting sorry it's probably the same sort of story that monica's told you <laughs> um but yeah. that's how it came about so yeah so i mean the way you are explaining i feel that you 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 really look up to your sister as well right she's she's a big influence and oh. i I heard I I know that she did this uh, Guinness World Record type thing drumming 24 hours I guess right uh, as a benefit for your father can you tell me that experience Oh yeah so um so I'm also so just to give another bit of a weird spanner in the works but so I also am a speech pathologist so um like depending on which country you're in they also call it speech therapist but basically I was at university um studying and my dad got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis um and I had actually been learning about that condition while I was at at college and I knew how 
um, like it was a de degenerative condition and how quickly you can deteriorate and things like that. And because I'd seen it firsthand, it really scared me. So I started doing a little bit of research and, you know, we spoke as a family and I was like, well, I found articles or I found this um, treatment that my dad can go and get done in Russia. And so basically we had to like do a whole application process, try and get him in to, we're obviously based in Australia. We needed to get him over to Russia and, um, they accepted him which is incredible but it just meant that we basically needed to come up with to be fair I can't even remember the amount now but I think it was around like a $60,000 mark um and we had none <laughs> so we were like damn it all right we're gonna make it happen we're gonna do something we'll figure it out and so we all did our own different things so I was really lucky in the sense that I have um a network of really beautiful families um at dancing and they all sort of rallied behind different events like had you know, um, concerts and we had discos and things like that. And then um, my brother helped by selling a lot of his prized collection and things like that. He's really into like wrestling sort of stuff. And then Moni, she just like, I remember like waking up one day and she was just like, yeah, I'm thinking of drumming nonstop for like 24 hours. <laughs> and it was like, are you crazy? What are you doing? That's mental. And there's one thing for sure. She is so determined. She's like, that's why she's so inspirational is because like she'll set out to do something and she'll somehow make it happen. You know, other people that would go, now nah, there's a barrier or there's an obstacle and it's making it too hard. She is really, really resilient as well. And that's something that I really admire as well. So um, yeah, basically she just went, all right. This, like, I mean, my mom and dad were completely against her drumming for 24 hours because they were worried about her health <laughs> which is I understand 100% and she was like nah I'm not drinking I'm not eating as as the event actually unfolded it wasn't planned that way but she ended up being that way because she's really stubborn <laughs> so mum and dad kept encouraging me to go and give her a drink or go and give her some food and I'd walk up there and she's like nah like with her, as she's drumming sorry <laughs> she's still drumming she's like nah right. And then, yeah, she made it the full 24 hours. And even that, like, I felt like such a bad sister because, like, I was there with her the whole time. But there was a part where I sat down <laughs> and I was sitting next to her while she was drumming. And dad and mum were like, try to talk to her and keep her awake. And I'm like, yeah, 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 definitely. And the next thing I'm like, <sighs> and I'm just full. <laughs> I was like the worst support person ever. Um, but, yeah, is that, like, honestly, I the fact that she's done that, and she managed to raise, like she she says that she thought she was going to raise a couple of hundred dollars, a couple hundred dollars. And then she ended up pulling out, I think like 11 or 12 grand from yeah. busking. And, you know, we had like a, a money tin and it was so heavy because so many people got behind what she was doing. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. Like it's something even now, like it's been, I think it's about five years ago now, but every now and then, you know, a, a memory will come up on Facebook or the video will come up in my playlist and I'll just watch that last, it's like the last minute of her drumming after the 24 hours and she sort of busts out this solo, which I don't know how she even manages to do that. And it makes me teary every single time because I just know how hard that was for her. But I'm just so proud. Like I'm proud to be connected to her, you know, she's my blood and I'm like, I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of my dad for going and getting his treatment and just proud of the whole family. You know, they, they, we pulled it together. So it's really, really cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I remember why I saw that one of the clips uh, in Facebook that it, she was kind of weak at the end, right? She couldn't even like properly stand up. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, I think, I think she was obviously using, like she was using the full kit the whole time. So her bass drum foot, I think ended up being black. <laughs> like I think oh. she bruised it, and um, yeah, like I don't again, like I don't know how she managed to not pull any major injuries because you know drumming for that long in her wrists and her arms and even her back, it's like it's amazing. You know, I get tired from standing up <laughs> or sometimes from sitting down. So <laughs> the right. fact that she managed to do that is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> So out of the the songs of Babe, so one of the songs that I, I kept on listening in Spotify was the Drive Bars and Muscle Cars, which is the title title track. But after I yeah. saw this, yeah, that's kind of like, like my favorite out of the songs. But after I saw this, um, the, the 
the video clip from Japan. I've been listening to the Running from the Rising Sun as well because it's also a great, great song. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Well, I always find like the ones that have the video to couple with it. I don't know. To me, they kind of stick out as well. Like it kind of sticks in my head a little bit more because I have like the visual of what was going on and you know. Right. Um, yeah, like Die Fast and Muscle Cars to me is such a party song. Like whenever we play it, I'm always like jumping around and dancing because it's just like, it's got that vibe. And then, um, yeah, Running From The Rising Sun is, it's got like a soft spot in my heart as well because I know that it was referencing Japan. So whenever we play it, it kind of like triggers all of those memories. And and the video, obviously, like we were saying before, has all of the, yeah, like the, the video clips of things that we did while we were over there it's just, it's always just nice to, you know, you know, like you have like photos and videos from a holiday. It's kind of like that, but it's like a tour compilation of like a montage of all of these amazing experiences. Um, but she, like I said, she just splices them together and it's like, oh, this is cool. You know, it's something that hopefully we'll be able to show grandkids one day and be like, yeah, I was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can say like, you know, this is grandma, you know, <laughs> rocking in Japan, right? <laughs> That's it. I'll be like, Grandma, you're lame. <laughs> but it's it's pretty cool. I think like, you know, it's not, it's not, especially now, like, you know, with how everything is quite limited with travel. I'm just super thankful that we managed to to get over to places um, while we could because the fact that everything is a little bit crazy at the moment, hopefully it will get better. Um, but, yeah, it's like it was so there were no like barriers before you know like we didn't have to quarantine or anything like that we were able to just go straight over and play a gig um but now you know I feel sorry for people that are having to cancel shows and and tours that have been rescheduled multiple times just because it's so uncertain everything keeps opening then shutting opening then shutting so yeah yeah actually I I mean the the only consistent thing I do I used to do is I, I used to go to a lot of concerts so in 2019, I think I watched 60 plus concerts. But, wow. But in 2020, I, I was only able to watch eight concerts because, yeah. you know. The... <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. But eight is still better than none. But it's definitely a change, isn't it, compared to what? Yeah, yeah but, like... yeah, but I'm, I'm quite grateful when I see all the Facebook memories that I actually went, I actually spent my money and time and went and watch all these great artists i went and met a lot of them and uh yeah. because now you don't know when that will ever happen again right or whether it will ever happen again so uh i i'm i'm quite appreciative of that and then in 2019 i i we went my the whole family me and my son and my wife we went and watched we went to the wwe wrestling event uh because oh my, my son, because my son is a WWE fan, so we, we went together. We spent whole, like, three, four days in Singapore, and we went to the event and the whole WWE experience. And my son was so happy, and I'm so glad that he was able to experience that before, you know, everything oh. happened. Because Absolutely. It, it's a great memory for him, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, funnily enough, my husband is a pro wrestler. <laughs> so... So he also, um, you know, I've, he's traveled a lot. He's wrestled overseas and things like that. So when we went over to America, he actually wrestled um, on a show with David Arquette. Um, right. And yeah, so same sort of thing though. You know, it's it's one of those things where I've seen him wrestle everywhere and now they're stuck here. Um, but, you know, like I've gone and seen the massive WWE shows as well. And they're so cool. Like, if, you're, if your son's a big wrestling fan, um, like sounds like similar to my husband, <laughs> um, but if he knows Rhea Ripley, um, my husband and his brother, they actually trained her. So she's from Adelaide and right. um, she's the current female like women's champion over there, which is incredible. So in a, in a way it's been, as much as it's been limiting with not being able to travel, it's been really cool seeing the way that they've still tried to, uh, to modify the way that they prov provide their shows. So They've done, you know, they've done their wrestling ring and then they've got like a dome basically of just people watching on Skype. Um, so everybody's obviously having to try and like come up with these makeshift ways to show audiences that stuff's still happening. Um, yeah. But nothing, I, I'm guessing that nothing would have beaten seeing your kid 
your son smiling and being so excited at that show. It would be pretty cool. Yeah, and then, and, you know, high-fiving the wrestlers and it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, even he, yeah, he was, he's a, such a big fan. So what, what the local... Uh, there's a local wrestling, uh, you know, guys here. So what they did is in 2019, they actually had his birthday on the ring. So he 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 went on oh. and and he had a cake and then everything that so he was so happy. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a, did, did, because, he, did he get to do an entrance and come in and you know? No, he he he. We 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 made it a surprise. So uh, we went to the event that that was supposed to happen, and then in the middle of the event, they asked him to come on stage, and then oh. his his favorite local wrestler bought brought the cake to him and then he was oh. like he he was telling his all his friends about it what happened <laughs> that weekend. oh yeah he'd be such a legend that's so cool yeah don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, i also want to ask you about your uh you guys also toured uh in middle east right for the troops yes. you performed for the troops uh how is that experience oh that was so so cool <laughs> uh, I had no idea what to expect I was a little bit nervous um just because it's not every day that someone approaches you and says hey do you want to go to a war zone um so you know I didn't really know what that involved like how risky it, it actually was going to be um and yeah like I didn't really have anything to compare it to apart from you know like I think Moni probably mentioned it to you but we always admired people like you know, even back in the day, like Elvis went over to the troops or Marilyn Monroe went over to the troops. Um, all of these different, like, big people that have made the effort to go over and see um, the, the, the forces over there. And mm. so basically when, um, when, the, uh, uh, when they approached us for it, it was like, again, are you sure this isn't a joke? Are we really doing this? Are we able to do this? Um, so we just were so, so appreciative that we were approached and able to go and do it you know because um we met such incredible people over there they're so disciplined and so kind as well like it was yeah it was just really nice getting to know people that we probably wouldn't have had the privilege of getting to know them because they are you know obviously off doing these things all the time and and um learning about combat and learning about the things that they're facing on a daily basis they're just very strong people um and yeah like I'm a real <laughs> I'm a bit of a wuss so you know things like learning how to um like I guess like manage people being injured during combat or learning first aid and even going through simulations of what it can be like um in the line of duty you know what do you have to do if you see this happen or if a bomb goes off or if a rocket fires um it was like really confronting, but I was just absolutely in awe. Um, and the fact that we were asked to go over there to, I guess, like bring a little bit of home to people that are from Australia that are over on the bases um, and to hopefully lift their spirits. It was a real, it's just an honor, you know, I just, um, it, it, the timing of it was pretty funny because it was actually, um, we were going over there and then I was getting married the following week that we got yeah. back. So my husband was like, please come back. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, he was super supportive and it was really, really great. And as I said, the people we met over there were like, they're, they're going to be people that were lifelong friends to us. Um, and there's the prospect of us being able to potentially um, perform for them again soon. So that's really exciting because they were such a really like receptive audience. Um, you know, they're working so hard all the time. So it was nice to be able to loosen up a little bit and just bring a little bit of fun and a little bit of a party um because you know like rock and roll is a great way to loosen up I think um so yeah it was a, it was a huge honor and something that I will never ever ever forget that that tour was incredible yeah it's 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 definitely that uh, as you said like bringing a piece of home to them right what they miss and uh, uh definitely like I, I'm sure that this experience impacted you a lot personally right and then definitely you guys going there really helped somebody as well because they're maybe they're feeling lonely or you're know, feeling missing home it, it's, yeah. a, it's a great great thing right yeah that's it and you know sometimes it's just nice to I guess um change up the routine and see some fresh faces you know mm. they're always 
uh, surrounded by the same people. Um, you know, granted, they hopefully love each other and love being around each other over there. Um, but, you know, when it's all work and no play, I can imagine it would be quite difficult. But it's nice that they sort of try to arrange for these kinds of performances so that people that are working so hard do get that opportunity and just kind of take a deep breath, um, you know, hear some hear some music that hopefully they enjoy. And it was really cool, you know, they were singing along. Um, we actually had uh, in a couple of our sets, we had a couple of covers and we sort of put it out to the audience. We're like, does anybody want to jump up and play, um, join in with us? So, you know, we had some people join in and jump up and sing and jump on the guitar. And it was, it was really fun, you know, um, because, yeah, as I say, a lot of those people probably have such strict routines over there that it's not every day that they'd be able to, you know, jam, basically. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so Donna, you mentioned about your stage bands, the Kiss uh, Merch <laughs> stage bands, but yeah, <laughs> but you you do have another something very very uh, unique to you, which is I only see the top that you wear with the guitar picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. So you created that. So my mom. Well, my mom actually, um, she does a lot of costuming because we run a dance studio. So right. she's really clever and she always comes up with these like cool, unique ideas. And I remember I came home once and she had the bra and she put all these pics on there. She's like, what do you think of this? And I was like, oh my God, put it on me now. <laughs> um, so initially the idea was that I'd have it so that, you know, if I lost a pic, I could just be like, and, but I haven't actually pulled any off um, right. because, yeah, because there's a lot of work that she's put into it. And I don't want to destroy it. But, yeah, it was just something something unique. I don't know. It was just kind of like a bit of fun. It was like one of those things that, like, pretty much I have, like, a wardrobe full of just crazy out there outfits. And, yeah, it's like, you know what, same as Kiss. Like, it's not every day that, you know, you see someone in, I don't know, like, giant platforms and, like, uh putting you know like armor on and that's what I really love is like it's kind of like your stage gear can be a little bit of like I don't know brings out your alter ego so it's it's quite a funny contrast because like when we play shows I'll be you know up there in in a bra <laughs> it's like who cares <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> um yeah so I've always kind of been I don't know. I'm a little bit of an extrovert when it comes to clothes. I like wearing things that are a little bit weird and a little bit different. And yeah, the pick top is a popular one. Like most, most girls, they're like, Oh my God, I want one of those. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I might have to encourage my mom to make some more. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> so uh, I saw it on your, the babes Facebook, uh, you, you guys put out a post, which, which is quite interesting that, you're you're kind of working on a new album or new songs what's happening yeah so um obviously with lockdown it sort of threw a bit of a spanner in the works because we were planning to go and tour again um and then that obviously got sort of put put on hold and until we can <laughs> travel again so um money ended up starting to build this studio and it's awesome like just looking at it now like it's so so cool she's done they've done such a fantastic job here so um I think the plan is that you know we'll be able to record and um like do a little bit of tweaking here and um Moni and JD they're they're really great as a team with um songwriting so um Corey and I are really lucky you know like they come up with amazing ideas and they're always really receptive to like our input as well but um, they're just like a dynamic duo really when it comes to coming up with different tunes and different lyrics and things like that so um, pretty much for the foreseeable future I'd imagine we'll probably be just jamming here and um, mucking around trying to come up with um, yeah new songs that we can put together on an album and and then hopefully release it and then tour with that eventually down the track um, because yeah basically the process is like we have our old release now it's old now but um, our Dive Buzz and Muscle Cars album um, and so when we released that one, we went and did a tour of Australia um, and then we ended up being over in Japan and um, obviously did the Middle East as well. So, yeah, I guess it's just a matter of chipping away and hopefully getting something together pretty soon. And then, um, yeah, as soon as we have that new album, it'll be nice to hopefully release, even if we have to, we'll do some videos um, in the meantime if we're still stranded. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I absolutely love, I love playing 
anything and everything that we've got um, in our repertoire, but it's always exciting when something new comes along, like when some when Moni or JD is like, oh, I've got a new song um, and you hear it and you're like, oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to jam it, can't wait to play it. And nothing beats playing it live as well, you know, getting, getting to see how people receive it in the audience. So hopefully we'll be able to play live soon. But, um, you know, obviously there are limitations on how many people are allowed to be in venues and shows at the moment. So, yeah, it might be a little while off, but that's good because it means that we can hopefully refine what we're working on right so so donna what's your what's your message to the rock and roll gang and also the people who's going to watch this video <laughs> oh well i just want to say to everybody thank you so much number one for tuning in and um thank you very much for having me by the way i really really appreciate it um and i guess to anyone that's tuning in or anyone that follows our band i just want to say a sincere thank you um Never in my wildest dreams did I think that I would be in a position where, you know, I'm able to pursue my dreams um, and have so much fun along the way doing it. And that's largely thank you to people that are so encouraging and supportive, you know, people that um, show their love or, you know, show that they want to see us play somewhere or that they're, you know, even just contributing by purchasing merchandise. Like those things mean so much. And, um we can't ever express our gratitude enough. So, um, yeah, like, thank you for your time and thank you for the energy that you're putting into promoting music as well. Like, the fact that you're taking your time out to speak to artists is so cool. So really, really appreciate it. Pretty much, we love you all. Thank you so, so, so much is pretty much all I want to say. Right. Uh, Donna, anybody you want to shout out to? Um, yes. I would like to say hello specifically to Matt and to Buddy and to Betty and to Don. <laughs> I could keep going. I'm annoying and I probably have a long list, but that pretty much hello, everybody. I love you all. And yeah. <laughs> so Donna, thanks for joining this. I really enjoy talking to you. I mean, of course, we can talk even longer, but, you know, there's so much exciting. Thank you for joining and, uh, looking forward to new songs and hopefully in the future you guys can tour in Southeast Asia as well, maybe Singapore, oh. maybe yeah, Philippines. Yeah, oh, looking forward that. to that. And then we can meet in person. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so so have a have a great day ahead and uh, all the best. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and I hope you have a great day too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>